Don't call it a comb back. I'll have hair for years. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Hey, what up, Grab girl? my glasses. I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit this city. Let's Before go. I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Cause when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. I'm talking. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. You get like I, a hiccup I, or a burp and you try to swallow it. That's what we were doing there. This is the press box. <laughs> some guy some guy heard that yesterday. It took him two two minutes to tweet. He thought it was a soda can. I said, come on, it's eight in the morning. With Grainy and Bischoff. Jared, you say that like the quality of these shows have been good since we've been doing it from yes, home come anyway. On, Jared. Come on. on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. It's Thursday. Figuring out how much money we're all going to make from our name, image, and likeness. We're up to about 50 cents. It's Ed, Tyler, and Jared. Let's start it off. The first bite. Should the Golden Knights trade for Jack Eichel? Uh, you can go ahead with this. I'm still figuring out how much money we're making on our name and likeness. Are we going uh, back to the Golden nothing. Knights? Nothing. Ed. <laughs> hey, Are you sure? Hey, I hey. can get a free haircut. I got one on the radio once. <laughs> Jack Eichel. Big, big <laughs> transition on the press box. Jack Eichel, big, uh, big cal- salary cap hit. $10 million. Five more years on his deal. He's got five years dollars. left? Yeah. He's only 24. He won't even be 30 when this contract ends. Does he have any nagging injuries? <laughs> yes. Okay, so we start so that, him on the that's, IR. That's why he's getting could get traded is because of a disagreement with Buffalo about how to treat his neck injury. I mean, he could sit the whole year and then come back for the playoffs and they'd be fine. He'd probably like win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> he like it, but it is like he had he has a neck injury. It's the neck, right? It's not he, like that's kind of a dangerous one also. Right. He wants to have a surgery and the Sabres have been like that's not a surgery that hockey players get, and they want him to just like rehab it, rest and recover, or something like that. Uh, and he's like, "No, I want this surgery." So that that's why he might get traded because Buffalo and Jack Eichel are like, "What are we doing here? Why do we both disagree Next on surgeries?" This? Yeah, it's a little scary. So for, for a hockey player, yeah. But assuming he's okay, assuming his neck's fine, <laughs> the guy's really good, and he's twenty four oh, years really old. Good, yeah. He's been before this last year when he had his neck injuries. Uh, the last, the three years before that, he had been top five among all centers in the NHL in points. So, like, he's extremely good, right? It's it's yeah. not Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, but it's the tier below Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon. So, this was the trade proposal from the Athletic to get Jack Eichel. The Golden Knights would need to give up Shea Theodore, a first round pick, and Cody Glass. But give, I mean, the second two, I don't I have a problem with at all. Well, yeah, I don't think anybody don't, has a problem, I mean, except Buffalo. Buffalo might yeah, have a problem. Buffalo might have a huge issue with it. <laughs> Buffalo would say, no, we'll take Suzuki, and the Golden Knights like, we don't have that guy anymore. <laughs> we unloaded him and kept glass. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, look, I would do it in a second if you didn't tell me you had a neck injury. Like, I th- And maybe I'd still do it with the neck injury. I'd really have to hope my medical guys yeah. could get to the bottom of it. But, I mean, if you're telling me he's okay, I'd do it in a second. Yeah, if... I mean, <laughs> If you know that he's going to be fine. Oh, you do that. Yeah, because Shea Theodore's value, while Shea Theodore's very good, while Shea Theodore's probably going to be a top 15 defenseman for the next eight years in the NHL, the value of Jack Eichel as a center, who, if healthy, is going to be one of the top eight centers, centers are more valuable than defensemen, you would rather have him. I don't know if Buffalo accepts that trade, by the way. Oh, I think that's that's definitely more on the Buffalo side yeah. of things. Like, if they wanted, they would do that. Yeah. So, but 
the the problem that would create for the Golden Knights is the salary cap. Well, what's Theodore make? Five? Five, 5.2. Okay, so, so you're doubling you'd be, that. Yeah, net loss, 4.8 against the salary cap to make that. Well, I guess more like $4 because Cody Glass makes some money. So net loss of about four or about $4 million in salary cap space. Now, when you start looking at what the Golden Knights have, right now they're like $4 million under the, the cap for next year, but that's without a full roster, right? They, they still have to sign another defenseman, sign one or two more forwards at least. So you start trying to figure out where they would be cap-wise. They could do it, but they'd probably have to move somebody. And so you could look at moving like a, a Riley Smith who makes $5 million. You could look at moving a Max Pacioretty who makes $7 million, but it all comes back to goalies. I was going to say, he's a Vesna Trophy winner makes if seven. You, if you trade Marc-Andre Fleury who makes $7 million, it's not very hard to fit Jack Eichel in the salary cap because that's you got to find $3 million now at that point, and that's a lot easier to do. Hell, they might not even have to do anything because they are they are $4 million under right now. So if you trade Marc-Andre Fleury, that opens up the possibilities of really acquiring any player that's available. Like Alex Ovechkin's a free agent, even though he's not expected to leave. Like It opens up the possibilities of acquiring anybody, including a 24-year-old that makes $10 million a year. I mean, I... We've said it time and time again. People don't like to hear it. I just don't think you can get to the next level uh, of where you want to go by keeping two goalies worth twelve million. I just, I don't. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't. I don't. It could be proven wrong. But back to back years now, you've had a major issue scoring goals in the most important series you've played, both being in the semifinals. And you look back and say, you have either seven or five million dollars a night sitting on your bench. Yeah. That's not doable. I don't think so. You know, I, again, with the Eichel, I think you're right. I think it's more like, wouldn't they want more for him? Probably. And I mean, yeah, I would. And I think they might get, well, to leave it this, I think they might get better offers from other people. It depends on sort of how that relationship is between Eichel and Buffalo and where the leverage is. Because if, if Jack, if there's a big enough disagreement that Jack Eichel's like, I'm not playing for you guys, you guys won't let me do whatever I want for my neck, then. Buffalo might lose some leverage there and have to trade him and the price might go down. So that might be a big factor there. So we'll see how that plays out, but that's a possibility. I think whether it's Jack Eichel or not, I think the goal for the Golden Knights this offseason, they need to not have Chandler Stevenson as their top. Yeah, as their number one center. Chandler Stevenson needs to be the third best center on this team. After William Carlson and whoever's going to get at the top line. If it, and Jack Eichel's just the name that fits in there right now. If you if you next offseason can go in with Eichel, Carlson, and Chandler Stevenson oh, you're as your third. Far better. And then, you know, Nick Waugh exists and yeah. maybe Peyton Krebs does something. Maybe Cody Glass is still here and does something. Maybe you re-sign Tomas Nosek or whatever. That's fine. But the the problem they ran into, it wasn't that Chandler Stevenson isn't good enough with Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty. They they're plenty good over the course of the season. The problem we saw was when they ran into injuries, when Chandler Stevenson got hurt in the playoffs, they didn't have an no. answer. It was it was Alex Tuck playing out of position. It was Nick Waugh, who's a good bottom six center, but Nick Waugh is your top line center. Like that's that's not really a ideal. And you can get situation. away with that for a game, but over eighty right. something games, you're not getting away with and, that. And more importantly, in the playoffs, when you've got to right. win four out of seven. You can't really afford to have Nick Waugh as your top-line center. So that's to me, that's the key, is that Chandler Stevenson is the third center because, A, that means you've acquired a good center, you've increased the talent on the top six in your roster, and, B, if that guy gets hurt or if William Carlson gets hurt, Chandler Stevenson is a perfectly fl- uh, fine you know, backup top six center, right? It's perfectly fine 
if you move Chandler Stevenson from third line center up to top line center in the playoffs, whereas this year they were having to move Alex Tuck to out of position playing first line. Have center. they reported or do they know how long the surgery would keep him out? Um, I didn't. I have not because seen again, that. it's you get into necks and backs. There's just certain surgeries you're like, eh, you know, you know, a lot of them. I understand a lot of them like don't have the surgery, just keep rehabbing and hope because that's like one surgery you just don't want to have unless it's the last resort, a neck or a back. Um, so that's interesting. I mean, again, if you get him and he's got five years left on his contract, even if you have to deal with him for a year getting over it, in the long run, having four years of a healthy Jack Eichel is better than having oh, yeah. Shea Theodore at number one and Cody Glass. It oh, just yeah. is. Absolutely. I mean, even literally, we, we kid about Kucherov, but if you say you can have him, but he's going to miss most of the regular season, but if you do that, you get him back to the playoffs, I, I would still do it. So this is uh, on The Athletic. One surgical option is to replace the disc in his neck with an artificial one. This is a quick and simple procedure with a recovery time of two to three months. Well, if that's it, then and your medical guys agree, then you do the trade in a second. I just think, again, the Golden Knights, if, if people think his neck's going to be fine or if they only have to like eat half a season or even a whole season and you can get them completely healthy for four years – the Golden Knights are not going to be the only ones calling. So no. I just don't think that – I don't think that trade value is enough for him. I think a lot of – I think people would give up more than what you're saying. And maybe the Golden Knights would too. We don't know. Maybe right. maybe the, the, you know Buffalo comes back and says, well, you know what? Y'all are still giving us this guy. And it's like, okay, we got to do that. So, But it would be a bidding war for Jack Eichel if, in fact, you think he's going to be healthy. Do, do the Sabres want Marc-Andre Fleury? <laughs> oh, man, that's such a bleep move. He's just pro- like – actually. Just, Hey, Flurry, Mark, think, thanks for all your work. You're actually, going to Buffalo. Here's a, here's a question for you. Flurry, I think, has a 10-team no-trade clause. Oh, Buffalo's on it. It has to be, has right? To be, has to be. Has like, to be. Everybody, in, everybody has to put Buffalo on it. They're in right? bold with a bunch of, like, highlighters on top of well, yeah, Would it be... Um, maybe Flurry just really, really wants to play with Colin Miller again. No. Oh, who doesn't? Uh, who doesn't? No. On his no-trade, I get... Okay, I'd be surprised if there's any... I'm trying to think of every Canadian team. I'd be surprised if there's a Canadian team on there. Families in Quebec, that would, you know, I don't know if there's any Canadian team on there. So Buffalo would have to be on there. You start getting, like, the North American teams, it's like, that's maybe one of the top two, I would think. Right. I, of all the teams you could put on there. i put I, Buffalo. You, you know it would be a great stat? If somebody was able to get every player's contract with a no-trade clause and which teams were on no-trade clauses the most. Buffalo top three. Yeah, like Buffalo is on 92% of no yeah. trade yeah. clause lists. Buffalo would be, I don't know, like probably that. Be more than that. That would be great to find well, out. Well, I think we also have to, like, does Buffalo have any players with no trade clauses? Because then their no trade clauses can't have Buffalo on it. So we would, <laughs> That's why they always stay in Buffalo? It would literally be, it's 92% counting all players. It's 100% no, counting no. players. Their contracts actually, they don't have Buffalo on the no trade clause, but there's a little asterisk at the bottom that says, if I get traded from Buffalo, I can't be traded back, back to, to Buffalo. Buffalo. <laughs> I would say, I'm trying to look at this. I'm guessing here. Buffalo, Detroit. I don't know. There's not a lot that like, I wouldn't go to. I mean, put it this way. I mean, obviously, if they have 10, they're going to name 10 because that's their right in their right. contract. Looking at all these teams, if you assume someone like Flurry would not put any of the Canadian teams, let's just assume that because, you know, he'd be closer to family, maybe Ottawa. Um, I don't know. I couldn't come up with 10. It, well, it depends I mean, on, like, priority-wise, because if you're Flurry, you could simply put, like, the 10 worst teams in hockey. 
and just be like, okay, wherever you trade me, I don't want to go to like Detroit. Yeah, I don't want to go to Ottawa or right. some, like a bad, really bad team. But I don't. That that's probably not his only priority. No. I'm sure that's some of it. I'm sure you know some of the bad teams are on there because they're bad. Outside of that, like Buffalo's probably on there. I would he want to go to like the Florida Panthers, even though they've been yeah. good. Does anybody want to go to the Florida Panthers? Oh. Right? Would he want to go to Arizona or something? Would he want to go to San Jose? Like. There's there's bad teams well, you can put and on then there. it's like he you know because he wants to play so much I mean would he even go to his home team in Quebec if if he thought Carey Price was still there right probably not I mean I, I, but he'd actually, also look at goalies wouldn't say well I don't know if I want to go deal if with I'm that. if I'm Flurry and his agent I don't put the I the it's fine to trade me to the Canadians because presumably if you trade me to the Canadians right. the Canadians are moving on from Carey Price yeah so presumably the Canadians are not trading for Flurry while they already have Carey Price under contract because then what would they have seventeen million yes eighteen million in <laughs> well, why contracts not? why not we're talking about twelve million being a lot how about how about, how about if he's on Montreal there was another uh, tweet with a th- sword in the back and it was the poor like um, interim head coach he's like I'm just the interim Ryan. why why, am I, why is my name on the blade this other guy got COVID you can't put his name on there I'm like what the hell's going the on the interim to the interim <laughs> the, the interim a, to the interim yeah like like some assistant coach they, they scribble his name on it. it's like I've had nothing to do with this <laughs> all right coming up next we're gonna get into the NBA because Chris Paul is going to his first ever NBA Finals Patrick Beverly yeah the league needs to take charge of this situation. Well, we'll see what they do wow. with Beverly. Obviously, he's got to be thrown out now. Yeah, he's out of the game, yeah. but he he needs something needs to be done at the beginning of next season. That is totally not yeah. not what is needed in the NBA. Well, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I mean, they're, they're losing. Take defeat in style. Yeah. I mean, they're losing the game. You Accept know, it. They, they walked close by each other, and I figured Chris Paul would have said something. It didn't but look we, like it. But no. we see the replay, right. and Chris Paul did not even move his lips. No. Just looked at Pat Beverly as he walked by him. Didn't touch him. Let's see now. Upon video review, it has been determined that Patrick, Patrick Beverly will be ejected and assessed a technical foul. Phoenix will shoot one free throw, and then L.A.'s ball. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff, live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Uh, let me let me cut you off here and give you the golf clap for the really latest tweet, even when you're preparing for the next segment. Did you see his tweet? Not yet, no. All right. Beautiful. Let me read it. Willie's already, Willie's already retweeted with the mic drop, which I don't know where you get that icon. I got to find that out. I like that little icon. Um, Tyler just tweeted, when does a UNLV basketball player get a hot tub endorsement? Ignore the fact that I misspelled endorsement, but... <laughs> Who cares about that? <laughs> spelling on yeah, Twitter? I was about to say, I would have to delete all my tweets. Exactly, spelling. spelling. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, let's go. Hot tub endorsement. Why not? Do you know how great that would be? If you put a picture of four oh, UNO, or three UNO basketball three. players in a hot tub and just some random guy that owns the, the pool company or whatever. I want Willie in there. <laughs> I want Willie with the three, like all kind of like, hey, that would be awesome. Pops from back all in the right, day, right. like three basketball players would be awesome. It'd be a phenomenal like oh. billboard or newspaper advertisement or something. How do you, okay, I mean, I assume they're not going to be wearing their uniforms. Are we getting them like UNLV chains? Like, how are we, know, how well, do we know? Because otherwise it's just three dudes in a that, hot tub. That's the thing. That's, a, that's the best question. Like, those dudes in the hot tub didn't need their jerseys on for identification. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like you almost said, who's the old guy with them that you know that, that had like the chain on the basketball players? Everybody knew who they were. So what you're saying is, right now, UNLV basketball players could be in a hot tub with. They yeah, they should have already done it because nobody knows who they are. 
If you saw a picture, oh, if, if I have no, I mean, I if I kind of like, know Bryce Hamilton, but if I was like, here's Jordan McCabe, yes, uh, Royce or uh, Royce, I don't Ham. even know his name. Yeah, I can't He's, even say their name. Him and Gravala cover the team closer yeah. than anybody. He doesn't know their name. Royce <laughs> Ham and Victor Ewalker. Those guys are in a hot tub. Could you identify any of them? Not unless I put Gramal in there with him. He'd like identify Gramal would be in the in the hot tub like serving him food or something. But I will say that if you're if you're the new guys, because there's Grimala. like thirty of them on that team now, and the first thing they're saying at practice today is we got you a hot tub. They're like, Man, thank God we came here. Like, can you imagine how excited those guys would be? We knew Vegas was the place to be. Gramala definitely is wearing his shirt into the hot tub. <laughs> Might be, yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. All right, we'll get to the NBA later. Let's yeah. do the. Let's do the. <laughs> let's figure out who's in the hot tub. So, all right, the NCAA. They finally. Okay, l- all right. Let's do the NCAA side of this first because the NCAA fought for the longest time this name, image, and likeness, and it was July first. There were a handful of states that passed laws that said, "Hey, on July first, we don't care what the NCAA says." The student athletes in our states can make money just off their name, image, and likeness. If they want to sign autographs, they can get paid for it. If they're in a commercial, great. They can get paid for it. And the NCAA fought it until basically last week. And they finally admitted, okay, this is going to happen. And last week they said, okay, um, schools that don't have a state that passed this law, you guys can come up with your own rules for this, but we got to approve them. And then yesterday the NCAA said, ah, forget about that. We're just going to pass our own rules. Here's our new NCAA-wide rule on student-athletes making money off their name, image, and likeness. What the hell, NCAA? Like, they waited well, until the last moment and then said, all right, here you go. Do whatever you want. I mean, this is this potential litigation by the states that already have the laws enacted? I don't think so. Cause it's can, just... you, can you go? Who's one of the states that have it? Does Mississippi have it? Uh, yes. Okay. So if you're Mississippi and you have different um, parameters on the law of NIL, and now the NCAA comes out with it, can the athletes in Mississippi say, we're following our state? Well, so what's funny is the way, I don't know how each one's written, but the way the one in Nevada is written, which doesn't go into effect until next year, but the way the one in Nevada is written, it basically says, ignore the NCAA. Like it says, That's what I'm saying. I mean, it you says the just... NCAA cannot impose yeah. any punishment right. for a student athlete right. doing this. So, yeah, I imagine I mean, if other states have that, then you just say, yeah, whatever, NCAA. Then... What's but, the NCAA doing? But at the end of the day, I think the NCAA is very, it's it's vague and broad enough that it's just sort of like, yeah, whatever. We needed to write something down. Right. And you're going to do what you want anyway. Right. It was more to cover the states that don't have it so that, you know, because I think it's only 17 have passed it. It's more for the other states to say, okay, you can do whatever you want. We're going to have Desiree Reed Francois, you know, the athletic director on the show tomorrow at 830 to talk about this. You made a great point yesterday is that I do believe with you that the kids will have the best benefit of this. We've already seen this morning, although – Miami, Florida is a pretty big place where Derek, uh, yeah. Derek, and and also um, the kid from Gorman, Bubba Bolden, Bubba Bolden have already gotten twenty thousand dollars dealers from I think College Hunks. College Hunks, I don't, hauling junk. Yeah, I don't know if I. It, I guess it's movers. At first, I thought it was it, a calendar. I mean, <laughs> wait, did we determine? Did we determine? It's a moving it was, company. Oh, okay, it is. maybe right. they're on mm. a calendar moving stuff. But your point yesterday is to where you believe that the kids will. Uh, Profit most are from these small college towns instead of these big metropolises like L.A. who have all these pro teams. Um, the other thing we thought about this morning, because we've seen across the Internet, I, no matter what sport you're in, it will really help if you have a big social media. Yeah. Following. The Ellis, there's an LSU gymnast that Tyra and I found this morning. They said she will absolutely make the most money because she's got a million uh, Instagram followers. And Tyler found out she's got three million on TikTok. So if I'm a sandwich place in Baton Rouge or whatever, I'm not going to the starting quarterback at LSU, which is ironic. I'm going to the gymnast yeah. practice. And I'm like, hey, you, you're with us. 
I mean, so it's not going to be you just ever football. Wanna, did, like, do you like you'll never have to pay for food again at my <laughs> restaurant, and we'll pay. You. Yeah, I'm not going to football right away. I'm going to say who has the most followers. So that's the interesting part on that is that right now, if you are a college coach that tries to dissuade your players from using social media, which oh, everybody, how many, how many yeah. of them do. You're actively hurting your player's ability to make, to make money. money because this Olivia Dune is the gymnast name, right? It's not. It's not because anybody's watching LSU gymnastics no. and being like, "Oh, she, like she." I, she's not even like. It's not even like Simone Biles. Like she's not even like the best. She's not gymnast. even the best gymnast, right? I think she's good for LSU, but it's not like she's the greatest Olympian for the U.S. It's just because she has a combined like four or five million yeah. followers on Instagram and TikTok. So if you if yeah if your coach is telling you hey don't use Twitter don't use Instagram or TikTok or whatever he's actively hurting your chances to make money you're right. because you're right a lot of these players are going to get paid for posting a thing on Instagram of hey I'm at whatever restaurant in Lincoln Nebraska come drink or come hit down here and eat like that's how they're this is more this it's not going to be that a lot of athletes sign deals where they get paid a hundred thousand dollars it's going to be an athlete gets paid. 500 bucks to go post on Instagram that they ate at a restaurant and you do that, you know, 30 times in yeah. a year or something. And, and now you've got some actual money. I mean, these social, I'm, I'm always fascinated because my kids, especially my daughter will follow these social media influencers. And I don't, and half the time she tells me what they do. And I'm like, that's it. Like I, they're just idiots. I mean, they, but, but, but then she'll tell me, well, you might think that this is how much this person made last year. And I'm always stunned because she'll just show me snippets of whatever this person does this influencer with like 4 million followers. And I'm just stunned at the, incredible amount of money they make for having this many followers so it will definitely translate <laughs> to this nil thing if you tell me the gymnast has four million followers and the starting running back has a hundred thousand i'm paying the gymnast um i don't know how much we should believe the website celebrity net worth but according to celebrity net worth uh a tiktoker named addison ray made five million dollars last year and charlie d'amelio made three million dollars okay. i mean i'm not gonna doubt it <laughs> i they, I mean, how many followers? Uh, I forty million, maybe. If uh, she makes she makes millions because who she is, but can you imagine just if she it was just her followers? Like, because Katy Perry has the most followers on Twitter, hundreds of millions. I mean, the the influence that people have across social media and how much money that's worth to them. These kids, can you imagine waking up if you're this gymnast? And by the way, I think the gymnast tweeted this morning, let's go with like a handshake for the handshake agreement. I think she actually tweeted that. Well, on her, I saw on her TikTok, she has one that was like her celebrating that she can make money off yes. of name, image, and yes. likeness. Yeah. By the way, Jared, quick question. Is it weird that Ed knows Katy Perry has the most followers on Twitter? No, she's um like, she's kind of past where she is was popular like i know. think that's i think i know because it's been said so many times well I have, also, i've never heard it. it's I also she has the most followers like you know ed basically lived through her entire career yeah so like he saw her rise and now he's like oh now she, i see her on american idol yeah now she's just on basic yeah. tv like but she's her, her career's kind of over I, I mean she's worth millions because of what she did but it just shows you, like, the social media, if you have this many followers, the influence you can extract outwardly and, and make the money off of, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, good for the gymnast. I'm, I'm happy for it. Make as much as you can. I don't. And first time I ever heard of her was, like, 6 this morning when I'm on Twitter. Like, this girl's going to make the most money. Like, good for her. But, it, it, you know, I'm interested. I think we're both interested in, like, local deals. 
Yeah, I, I kind of want to see who signs UNLV kids. I mean, Jared said there's some soccer players out there that have a lot of social media influence. I mean, it's it's the interesting part is going to be will the Olympic sports kids who nobody usually knows about and they don't get any coverage make more money than the football team? I mean, that's going to be actually interesting, right? Not just at UNLV. I'm I'm saying a lot of places. Well, but that's where the I I mean I hate to play the misogyny card, but. That's where the hot people normally go is to the Olympic sports. You don't see very many football players that you're like, that's a handsome man. Right. What do you mean? They're college hunks hauling junk. I think you could be a hunk neck down. <laughs> All right. David Roth joins us next. We're happy to talk to him. He just seems happy to talk to anyone. David Roth from The Defector is with us on the press box. Subscribe to The Distraction on Stitcher and use the promo code DISTRACT for a free month of Stitcher Premium. David, is The Defector going to start paying some college athletes to promote the website? We actually were discussing this in Slack like a few minutes before we got on. <laughs> Just the question of like what, uh, like how affordable college athletes could get like if we could pay the long snapper from Hofstra like $50 to just snap the ball really hard into Albert's solar plexus I think that would be worth it you guys have already been priced out of the LSU gym that she's going to make the most money because she has 4 million followers yeah I mean that's the thing about it if someone uh, Kelsey I guess pointed this out the other day that like at the University of Texas especially like these people are like track athletes are crazy stars there like their long jumper has hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers so like I mean that seems like not what people are talking about when they're worried about how this is going to disrupt. But like that person getting to, you know, whatever, advertise some sort of like weird vitamin on their Instagram account and make you a little extra money from it. Like no one's going to see that or notice it except for, you know, 300,000 people that follow the long jumper. Uh, what's a better endorsement early on this first day? The uh, Eric King, the quarterback at Miami, signing an endorsement with college hunks hauling junk or Iowa having a basketball player doing an autograph signing from a fireworks stand this morning. The Bohannon one, the Iowa one, is really much more what I expected. Like, <laughs> college hogs hauling junk, I should maybe recuse myself. I wrote a story about the founder of that company for my college's alumni magazine. It's a really, like, early days journalism assignment for me. I was, like, I'd say obviously hungover when the dude, like, scooped me up at, like, 8 in the morning, and I just followed him on his rounds. Uh, but yeah, I think that like <laughs> I'm glad that uh, that somebody is is getting a good experience out of uh, collaborating with them. I didn't I didn't get as much out of it as I probably should have. Okay. I, was, I was young and stupid. Let us know how how was no. that day? Yeah, how on. was that day with college hunks hauling junk? You know, illuminating uh, the, the thing that I think with most of those that uh, like I didn't. I guess I probably should have known it. Is that like they're all like you know there's not like a college hunks hauling junk in New York City, but there's like three in Long Island. Like the franchises, like it's just basically anywhere that people have enough space to have too much crap, uh, that's where they go. So I was in, you know, like just sort of around like outer DC, which is where this thing was happening, and just like going to weird people's houses and just watching like box after weird box of like dusty broken glass get taken out of places. And I was like, oh, they wanted to keep that for a few decades, and now they're getting rid of it. Like it was. Uh, I wouldn't say that it made the hangover worse. It certainly did not make it better. Like, just sort of standing there drinking, like, weird gas station coffee and watching these guys being like, how is it going? And they're like, oh, you know, it's not very fun. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll mention that in the story. I mean, they're, they've already got the Miami quarterback and, and DB wrapped up for, like, 20 grand. Are they just going to put them on side of trucks? These guys aren't going and moving anything. 
No, I, I really, that would be an incredible, be the, like the idea of them somehow crossing paths with my Aunt Norma in Coral Gables because she's a bed frame removed. Oh. I don't know what it would do for her, but that would be pretty incredible. So I did want to ask you NBA wise, uh, Chris Paul, are you happy he's in the NBA playoffs or is he too, or in the finals or is he too annoying? I've like kind of done a, a full journey with him. So I kind of adopted the Clippers. I went to, I grew up out here, but I went to school in Los Angeles County. So I, as an idiot, started cheering for the Clippers instead of for like the Kobe Shaq Lakers that were happening at exactly the same time. And so when the Clips, when he wound up there and they got good, I was, um, you know, like the whole Lob City thing was fun for me. I did have to overlook a lot of things about his personality <laughs> on the court to enjoy it. <laughs> at this point, I just think he, uh, like, he's such a funny heel at this point. Like, the flopping and then, like, making faces at his teammates. Like, did you see that? Did you see how egregious that flop was? And they're like, yeah, Chris. Like, all of that to me at this point, like, I've just decided it's funny. Um, and he is brilliant. You know, like, that was – it was kind of weird that he was getting credit for every good thing that happened to the team, even though he was mostly pretty sloppy in the series until last night. But he was super-duper good last night. Like, that was – like, that version of Chris Paul is as cool a basketball player to watch as, you know, we've got. And then, you know, the additional stuff, like where he makes Pat Beverly commit a felony assault for no reason, like, that's just gravy. <laughs> so are you more interested or less given all the injuries and just everyone everyone good falling down? I, I mean, I guess I'm still watching it. So uh, who am I to say that one thing is right or wrong? I I am kind of interested, I think, just because of the fact that, like, you know, it's like from a styles make fights perspective, I think that like Hawks, Suns, well, it's not what anybody in the NBA league office wanted, I'm sure, going into the season, I think would be a really, really interesting series. Like, and I hadn't really watched, you know, either team that much. Like, I think it's still fun. The basketball is good. I definitely get uh, the complaint that, you know, like we're a little low wattage on the star power. But given that I expected the Nets to kind of just like, unhappily cruise to a championship while like, you know, whatever, doing a bunch of petty Instagram posts the whole time. This is definitely more fun. It's weirder than that. Uh, if the games were worse, I think that like the NBA would be freaking out more, but it seems like people are watching and the basketball is good. And you know, like that's more or less what I'm in it for. Like I already know what, you know, Kevin Durant's posts are like, has this been like the worst playoffs ever given all the injuries? I mean, it, that part of it sucks. I mean, I think the playoffs themselves have been, good and surprising and fun and I've enjoyed watching them but the injury stuff is like it's really been brutal like I you know even knowing that like the short off season and then sort of the condensed regular season and then like there's a lot of reasons why teams would be like physically uh so depleted going into this but even there I think it's like I didn't really I think anticipate how many people could get hurt and how much it could change stuff but we're but saying even, we're, even the teams that have survived. I mean, that like Atlanta with Trey Young and and Paul missing last time with Phoenix and stuff like that. Like it just doesn't. It, there's something about it that doesn't feel quite official because of how like stunted the rosters have been. We were saying yesterday though, and, and LeBron had his old. I knew this was coming. I knew this was coming. You don't know that Trey Young's going to step on some referee's foot. Like, right. There's a lot of stuff. You don't know the Kawhi's going to step on his foot. Now, like we were saying yesterday, if someone's running down the court and his knee goes like a lot of ACLs, like, oh, boy, is that wear and tear? But a lot of these have been, it could have happened at any time. So when LeBron says, I knew this was happening, I don't think you did. Yeah, I think that that's a, a good distinction to make. Because I think that like everybody's probably a little bit closer to the edge 
than they would ordinarily be. Like just given the you know the way that basketball has been packed into the last eighteen months right. of being alive. But yeah, I mean, a lot of this is just like fluky playoff injury stuff. But I mean, it's weird. Like I think that that's part of it that uh, has been kind of like interesting in terms of like if you're talking yourself into watching this, is to see like the teams that have made it you know, not being the superstar heavy, like, big three type ones, but teams that have, like, enough depth that, like, like Phoenix without Chris Paul, like, campaign was, like, pretty good for, a you know, a longish period of time playing that same role. And that's, like, for a team like the Suns, which is, you know, they do have their stars, and, you know, and, like, Paul and, and Booker are both getting paid very well. But there is, like, there's a depth there that you can't really have when you've got, like, three max guys, and then you're basically filling out the rest with, like, second-round picks and dudes you find on the waiver wire. So they are kind of complete teams in that way. It's just like, you know, nobody like, – given the choice between watching James Harden and Cameron Payne, like most people are, are going to, you know, make the obvious choice there. It's uh, early on in this situation, this case, but what are you doing with Trevor Bauer and his assault situation right now? Oh, gosh. I mean, this whole thing is so ugly. I feel like he's going to wind up on the suspended list. And, you know, and then the court will sort of – do what it does, and, you know, like, it'll either get settled or not. I mean, it's all so gross that it feels terrible to speculate about it, but I, I agree that, like, I've been thinking about it, too. Like, it does seem to me like the uh, the league is just for reasons of public relations and stuff is going to make sure that he doesn't pitch for another little while. Uh, but I don't know, you know, like, what what's the right answer here? Like, I can't think of anything yeah, other than, yeah, like, no. It's a brutal topic yeah. for sports radio right now because we're we're supposed to have hot takes. Like that's what we're I supposed know. to be here for, and I uh, that there isn't one on this right now. Oh god, yeah. I mean, it's just like, like in terms of, I mean, even just sort of like talking about it, like there's beyond like the the sort of the details of the whole thing. Like even if this was like normal, like I don't want to talk about Trevor Bauer's sex life in the morning anymore. <laughs> you guys do, you know? Like, and this whole bit. I mean, like I, I don't know what to you know, to trust the league for this sort of thing. But, like, it does seem like one of those deals where, like, as much as, as I complain about the way that Major League Baseball enforces things kind of ham-handedly and, and arbitrarily, this is one of those things where, like, just getting him out of the monitors for a little while is, like, seems very obviously to be the best thing to do for the sport. Uh, we love press box transitions like this, but what would you do with the nut job in France who held up her sign and caused people to crash that they find, <laughs> that they finally, who went on the lamb and they finally found her? Much I, that part of it, I would love to watch like a maybe like a four or five episode limited series about the search for like Ale Obi Omi. Yes, yes. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> exactly. Did you, were you just going to say Mark Wahlberg? Yes. And that's that would be really good. I think him uh, trying to do a French accent for like the first five minutes of the project, and then just eventually sounding like Tommy would be great. <laughs> Wait, okay. Tell me where she is. <laughs> who who is the protagonist in this story? Somebody somebody with the tour de France trying to find this poor woman? I feel like that's the the part of it that's kind of um you know, that would be, I guess be the the uh the dramatic tension there is that, you know, there's like a few hundred thousand people watching it. Um and it's so easy when you're the Ale Opiomi lady to just sort of blend back into the crowd while everybody's trying to help one hundred guys get back on their bikes because it was a dumb decision that you made. Well, the way that it was described, I think a lot of it was in translation, but a lot of it was like all the news stories I saw about it were, you know, the quotes from French officials were like incredibly hardcore. I think just because the translation was weird, but they were like, 
she has been neutralized and detained. Like, what did you? Where is she? Like, did you see a black site? Like, she made a mistake. That's fair, but like, let's not overdo any of this. Neutralized. I right, listen. I feel like the Tour de France deserves more blame than the actual woman because she was able to just run right up onto the road and hold her sign up. Yeah, I guess that that's like for people that love the Tour de France. I guess that's like part of the fun of it is that every now and then there's just like a stage that is disrupted yeah. by cows, and everyone's like, "Oh well, you know." <laughs> but in this case, like, this is a person, and like, yeah, it's one of those. I mean, I guess this is just like you know, living in this age in America. Like, there's always like a, a million cops and like barriers between you and any sort of experience like that. So, and you know, and I that's obviously kind of a drag. That said, I think uh, some sort of barrier might have helped because, like, whatever it was she was going for, uh, she should not have been permitted to go for it. <laughs> well, he is David Roth from The Defector. David, as always, we Thanks, appreciate David. it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good one. That is that is hilarious if someone actually said she's been neutralized. Neutralized? Like, would she, like, rob 17 <laughs> banks and she's been on the lam? It's like, well, neutral- she, she, she held up a sign for the Did she sign up? It wasn't the, wasn't the uh, sign for her grandma? Supposedly. Um, so <laughs> the best part about Twitter is if it's a tweet in a different language, you can hit translate tweet, and Twitter will tell you what it says in English. I wish we had been reading a tweet live or something that was like, As they came the Tour de France has neutralized. <laughs> has neutralized. So <laughs> Jenny. It's like, what? Like... I mean, the I, I think she's going to jail. Well, that's the that's the other thing is is like how much power does the like, Tour de France have? A and B. What crime is this? I mean, is Peloton suing her? Because they have like ninety. Of, Peloton has ninety percent of the, the the riders now. Are they going to sue her? Is okay. So it man, would if you streak during the Super Bowl, that's criminal trespassing, right? Yeah. It's a road that some people are biking <laughs> on. Like I don't know if you could really say, like it's a public road. The was it no, was it Tory in the US Open, right? Where uh the nut job ran on and hit his shot. He was arrested. Yeah, I, but again, I think, I think that's I think that's technically private property and technically yes. he's trespassing. Yes. This is a road. Yeah. I know. Like if you just if they were just playing the US Open at like Sunset Park right. here, can they stop you from running out on the Sunset public, Park? Public, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I just, I'm is just. There, is there disc golf at Sunset Park? Oh, good God! All right, we need to go I to break. Know. Coming up next, maybe we'll talk about the NBA for once. Chris Paul is in the NBA Finals. What do you think when you hear that sentence? Man, it sounds damn good. Damn good. It's been a lot of work, man. A lot of work. Going to a new team. Everybody staying, of course. That team fight hard. T. Lou, unbelievable coach. Chauncey Billups, my big brother. So many ties to that team. But damn, this feels good. Chris, in this game, there was a point the Clippers cut it to seven. You then scored 14 of 16 points on your way to 41 for the game. What kind of mission were you on? Don't lose. Don't lose mission. You know what I'm saying? Damn, that feel good. I wish my son and my family come down here. I don't know, man. It's just a lot of emotions, a lot of injuries. I was getting an MRI yesterday on my wrist. A lot of going on. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I just want to get over there with my team, Rach. Respect. Appreciate you. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. You happy Chris Paul's in the finals for the first time? Um, That's fine. I just wanted whoever he plays to beat him. Oh. Like if Trey Young plays, I want Trey Young to beat him. I We we have an embraced Trey Young and the Hawks because yeah. Trey Young is fun. So fun I agree watch. if it's Trey Young. Yeah. I like Chris Paul. 
I like all of the ridiculous this crap that he does. Not that a surprise. He, that he anyway. flops everywhere. It's that it's he amazing. Hits people in the it's gentleman's amazing. area. It's amazing. He I was like, amazing like last night. Oh, yeah, what he scored forty one. Yeah, no, he won the game for them. That's no 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 I mean, doubt about that. If you're watching that, but I love all the extra stuff. It's it, he's awesome. He's how many Olympic the, how many Olympic points did he get for the flop? A lot. It wasn't even his best to Marcus Cousins related flop though. Do you remember the one he did when he was with the Clippers? And like they were yeah. turning to run back up the floor, and he just looked like he got shot. <laughs> and Demarcus Cousins just looked around like, "Did I? I, I didn't touch him." God, I'd love to know what he said to Beverly. Not nothing. nothing. He didn't say anything. Well, I mean, I'm sure during eh. the game he did, but when Beverly ran over and shoved him in the back, uh, the, Chris Paul's mouth never moved. He didn't even like yeah. smile at him. Uh, maybe under the breath. No, no, like unless he's, he's a ventriloquist. Well, he might be that too. We don't know. He might be do that. He, I mean, he's State Farm guy and a ventriloquist. We don't know. Um, I, I, I don't enjoy really care. It. I just want Trey Young to get there so I can watch him play more. And I, and I want Jared's team to get there because of Jared. So you know, whatever. I mean, I at this point don't think they're getting there. But if the Bucks get there without Giannis, my God, I don't yes, want to watch that. Chris Middleton yeah. pulls up, <laughs> boink for forty eight minutes. I mean, I Chris want. Middleton. It'd be cool to watch Trey Young. I. I think the Suns are probably going to win this thing. So, I mean, they're they're I, good. I mean, I don't. So, are they going to be favored no matter what now that Giannis is They're favored is, right now, this morning. Injured. Now, they're favored right now to win it, but I think if Giannis comes back and is really good and they win that series, that might flip. Right, but right if, now, the Suns are favored to win the if, series. If Giannis were finals. fully healthy, then, then Bucks might be Bucks favored. Be favored but if, even if Giannis comes back and, let's say, they like win a game seven, but he looks not Bad, 100%. Then, Phoenix will be favored. Probably. So the Suns, yeah, I mean, probably favored to win the series. Yeah. Now, granted, the Hawks, were they underdogs in round one? I think they've been underdogs in every Five single and, series. Yeah. And they're two wins away from the Or are they the six NBA seed? Finals. Five seed. Five seed. Yeah, so they went on the road in the first uh, series against the Knicks. So I, I'm i on board with Trey Young getting there, but, yeah, I'm, I'm on. I, I like. It'd be Chris great Young. if Trey Young got there. I, and I'm, I want Jared to get there as well. They both can't happen, though, so I don't even know. I am excited for Chris Paul and Trey Young to swap uh, foul hunting tactics. Like Chris Paul flopping, Trey Young just like running oh into my defenders God. while dribbling and drawing fouls. It's going to be great. The classic, I paid both boxers to take a dive. <laughs> yeah, and they both did it at the same time. Trey Young doesn't, well, I mean, he, everybody flops. So Trey Young doesn't like quite flop no. as much. He just hunts fouls. Like he dribbles into defenders. He doesn't, he doesn't hunt. He doesn't flop like yeah, Chris Paul. But he, he just he hunts, Yeah, he just yeah. dribbles into defenders. He'll give you the head snap or the yeah. arm goes out. Like it's not falling to the ground like he got shot. He just hunts fouls, which people hate because you know it's creating a foul that otherwise wouldn't have been there. But I, I'm excited to see those two in the NBA Finals trading off on getting ridiculous foul calls. It's gonna be great. Pat Beverly gets suspended to start next season. Kind of have to, right? I mean, yeah. after the whistle, you shove yeah. the guy in the back. Yeah. 